Welcome to the self. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> that was too early of a point. Let's we're professional. Yes, we're we're on top of this. I will give you credit though. That was you good. tried to point. That was the remix. Welcome. Self-evident podcast so show. Right. What? What? Wow! <laughs> wow! Racist. So next to me is uber racist of <laughs> self-evident. You got Carrie. True, true. Man. I'm not that racist. <laughs> you Do you guys ever use the token card? You're like, I mean, I can't be that racist. I'm married oh, a I've Mexican. used it for sure. Yeah. Fighting on Good these crazies on, <laughs> People on are... social media. Oh, the... There's one lady on ABC, you know, I commented on there some stupid article and she came after me, a racist. Really? And I was like, look at my profile pic. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> like, okay. I bet she left that She's, thread yeah. behind. Okay. So we are not that racist. <laughs> Self-evident podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Tune in. You know, I was I was listening to I was cutting up an old podcast. <laughs> it was my uh, testimony, and I was listening to it. I was like, "Wow, boy, my accent was thick." <laughs> I have not listened to that. I listened to the short that you did, and I heard a couple like, "Oh yeah." yeah. I was talking to our worship leader Alicia, who's from Wisconsin, and I was like, "How did you? You don't have an accent?" She goes. Oh, every once in a while, I let out. Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> oh, and and you'll hear it across the office too. You'll hear. Oh, oh. <laughs> it is what it is. It's okay. She Y'all probably be doesn't. Jealous. Listen, so. Yes, you be jealous of our northern accents. You know. Mm. So before we get into it, do not forget to go to the selfevidenttruth.com. Elijah's pulling up. Sorry, man, I didn't give you any warning. I went hard left mm. into that. So get yourself a t-shirt or maybe a or sweatshirt. sweatshirt. Right here. Roll, oh. roll with the sweatshirt. It's my favorite sweatshirt. It's I a love good these one. sweatshirts. They're so fire. comfortable I know. too. So comfy. Love wearing those sweatshirts. We get to wear them about two days in the year. So <laughs> but they're there. But they're there just in case. I so I had an event. Um, it was a Jenna event and super windy, pretty cold. I sold like six sweatshirts. <laughs> That's where we need to go. We need to go in the north in the winter. It's sell sweatshirts. Killing. Because I was looking Let's at go. all these people. I was like, you're only going to wear this two two days a year, but I'll Today sell it one to of you. Them. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> Buy my merch. Okay. Easy. How you doing, man? Um, I'm doing all right. He's you know? tired. He is. So are we. So we're going to tell you guys, we pre-recorded this because of scheduling conflicts. So all of us are here. On our own time, eight o'clock at night. Eight o'clock at uh, most of you hanging out on the couch right now. <laughs> While we're working, we're working. Feel bad for us, <laughs> somebody. <laughs> or you could just support us monthly, and we can hire Easy E full time. <laughs> and where can they do that? At theselfevidenttruth.com. <laughs> Click on the donate button on the upper right hand corner. Sign up for monthly uh, support. I am being is, serious about that. This is turning. We do need some monthly support. So there PBS you go. Donation Don. <laughs> Public broadcast. <laughs> Our goal is only yeah. ten thousand more dollars. That would be nice. Donate to us before we go off the air. Please do. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. All right. Um, That's it. Done. We're done. Okay. Have okay. a good night. See you guys. I, yep. Show is over. <laughs> we attacked public broadcasting. What else can we do tonight? We can attack NPR. 
Yes, absolutely, which is part of public broadcasting, but <laughs> same thing. Neither there. <laughs> you know what else we'll we go have after? A topic tonight, I, I promise. You know what we're going to go after tonight? What are we going to go after, Easy? The amazing, wonderful. I'm pointing. <laughs> oh. No. Uh, no camera. <laughs> no camera today. What are the the little clip? The little thing we sent you. Go ahead and put it up. I Golly, didn't know that was this cue. is Bush yes. League right now. That is what we're attacking. We're going after the public teachers' unions. Oh, I can't yes. wait for the keyboard warriors. Their fingers are warming up. And I was livid. Okay, so those of you listening, no, put put back up. Yeah. It says from the National Education Association, the first teachers' union in America. Educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and to thrive. I, I read it to Melissa and she was like, I know. You I, just, I can't even if any parent in America doesn't read that and think, what the heck? Like, um, no. Right. Just no. Well, and, and that's I I when I asked you, hey, what do you want to talk about? And you mm -hmm. brought this up. I thought it was perfect because. You are a mom. You're a homeschool mom. You've you've been in this sphere for a while now. Right. You guys have done different schools as well as educating your, your kids yourself. And I'm, I'm curious, what's the first thing a mother thinks when somebody says, I know what's best for your kid to learn and thrive? Right, right. I mean, well, we've been in, we've done homeschool for, I think this is our second, well, technically third year, but um. We've done private schools. We've done public uh, charter schools. And I don't care whether it's a private school or a public school or the you know teacher in kids ministry <laughs> that tells me that they know better <laughs> for my kids. I, like mama bear is coming out. And I'm not right. normally like that. Like yeah, I'm pretty calm. But like yes. when you tell me you know what's better for my kids. Now, granted, I'm, I will take advice from people about like my kids. Yeah. But when a whole association can a union a union can tell the majority of parents in america that they know better than what the parents do i i mean i just like i said i was just livid because like to me that undermines the authority of the parents and mm -hmm. any parent who sends their kids to public schools like to me i would read that and think well if i did if i wasn't educated if i wasn't right. doing research I, it would like cause me to step back and be like well they know maybe best. they do they're the experts like and then and well and and to your point like you're saying that that whole expert idea is we watched it through covid mm -hmm. we watched this happen for several years where you gotta trust the experts just follow the experts the experts know best and if you disagree with them at all mm -hmm. all of a sudden the whole system comes after you and this is that again well, if you look at the whole term experts, literally the experts have always been wrong. Like <laughs> when they came out with what, like you're not wrong <laughs> diagnosing depression, weren't they giving people uh, like what was it? Uh, shock therapy? Yeah, no shock therapy, but like uh, lithium or what was oh, yeah, the? Yeah. They were uh, giving them like some crazy drug, and then like years later, oh, that's a very addictive drug. It's like. The experts opium. have, yeah, opium. They've always been wrong, like yeah. always. And, and so to me, like 21st century doesn't make any difference. The experts can still be wrong and have been proven, especially the last three years, to be wrong. And and there, what happens is you get this 
this idea or this narrative that gets pushed forward. And so everybody latches onto it and then they lambast anybody who pushes against it who says, well, maybe that's not so right. Right, You know? Right. And, and you watch it all across science. It, It happens, like you said, all the time where this prevailing idea is just, that's what it is. Yep. That's how true it is. And somebody raises their hand and goes, maybe not. <laughs> and it's like, he gets that, burned at the stake. Yeah, ex- ab- like ab- the every Kermit time. The frog, maybe not. <laughs> hey, maybe I not. The frog here. Hello. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's no. just Jordan Peterson before his time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Well, that's what, like, to me, when you talk about the school school district, and we've done shows on this. Massey yeah. and I did one on specifically homeschooling. Had the great homeschool convention. Shameless plug. Massey and Mike speak there um, at the five wait, six, back around. six conventions yep. throughout uh, the U.S. at the great homeschool conventions. And you can register for their conventions and amazing. But we talked about homeschooling to them and um, talked about how there is this kind of big exodus out of the public school system. And to me, when you the NEA tweets this to me, it's more about control than it is really about the kids. And this is, I like, when I was thinking about this and just even reading your notes here, I don't, I want to be careful because there is a lot of quote unquote good teachers, Yeah. but those, even those teachers, and I want to call a spade a spade, they don't often stand up against the system, the NEA system, the political agenda you have, (laughs) which point two we can talk about (laughs) the political agenda of, the school system and they don't often stand up against that. And, and I do want to get into that because already, like I said, I can hear the keyboards for furiously going, especially in Martin County because we caught flack because we had, and and I want to put this out there now and and we may have to clip this and put this front page. Mm -hmm. People like Amy Pritchett and Jennifer Russell, Mm -hmm. they just because they were on the show does not mean they have to condone or agree with what we're saying tonight. Right. This is our opinion. And I get really tired of people making these attachments that, oh, well, they were on the show once and, and that show. So they agree with everything that show has ever said ever anytime. You don't agree with your own wife 100% <laughs> of the time. Right. Right. So do not take what we say tonight as, oh, well, they must ascribe to those beliefs. Okay? Don't. And I'm I'm very tempted to send this clip to them so if somebody tries that, they can put it right in there right. and say, right. they with their own tongue said, we, we appreciate Amy and Jen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they believe everything we believe. I'm not going to speak for them. Right. These are not their words. Yeah, we may These not believe everything they believe. Exactly. Now, that being That's said. The idea of liberty. Oh, no. <laughs> it's liberty. dangerous. Dangerous. Everybody put on your People mask. Think for themselves. No. <laughs> so that being said, I think uh, public teachers unions are a waste. There. I said it. Out loud. Out loud. Clip that one. Media matters. Okay. So. But like you were talking about, there are teachers who are good Mm -hmm. and the system is built to crush them. And we're going to get into that. And I want to just give real quick 30 second history on this whole thing. So 
in the 1830s, there was a rise of mandatory schooling. So before that, it was it was voluntary. You, you could choose to send your kids to the local school. You know, you could teach them yourself, that kind of thing. Mandatory schooling started really moving forward. You also saw the increase of standardized testing and the rise of teacher colleges. Now, everybody raised their hand who thinks standardized testing actually does something. I know. Good. I literally, when you said that out loud, like cringe. Like, <laughs> right? oh, God. Like standardized testing. I just look at my three kids. We have how many homeschool families in right. how many kids in our church? I teach uh, fourth and fifth grade <laughs> uh, kids church every yeah. month. There is not one kid in there that functions the same way. Do you right. know what I mean? So not one kid in there learns the same way. And that's the beauty of homeschool, obviously, that you can um, dissect it and minister like i okay for me we all have the stuff they all have the stuff that they need to do that's all yeah. the same but then isaiah is reading like a constitution book now nathan wanted a karate kid book and aaron <laughs> wanted a patrick mahone's book so it's that's like you cool. bring it to what they want and what they can learn and so the standardized testing it's a bunch of oh it's, it's and and i really i when i was doing this i was thinking about this whole process and it really kind of hit me of I used to think standardized testing was a weakness. Mm -hmm. I think it's baked into the system that way to produce a result. Because what are they trying to do? And and this little hint before I get into it, right? They want you thinking a certain way, mm -hmm. right? So you had the rise of teachers' colleges. These colleges were designed to teach structured curricula and uh, to students for the goal of a common catechism about America and common obedience to the government. Now, why is that? It was built off the Prussian system. The Prussian system was truly a military state, and they were training their kids in their schools to be obedient subjects to the yep. state to make yep. the state greater, right? Whatever the state tells you to do, do it. And you had guys like Horace Mann, who thought that system was great. Okay, well, we're going to put this into place. So now back to the standardized testing. Yeah. With that in mind, of course they're not going to be pushing for actual creativity and analytical thinking right. and, and logic. And uh, but ro yeah. Robots. robots. Yeah. Let's build robots. Yeah. So when you look at standardized testing, what is it? Rote memorization. Yep. Memorize this. Regurgitate. Right. And they legit had to lower the standard. Yes. Constantly for the standardized <laughs> testing because they still haven't figured out that kids don't learn all the same. And the fact that, I mean, public schools just, the whole system doesn't work. So, and you have to have something that quote unquote proves that it's working. So then they put a standardized test in place to find out that it's not working. So then they lower the standard. We we're so great at teaching your kids. We have to keep lowering the standards. Right. Can we put that that tweet back up there just for one second? I just I want people to remember this. Educators love their students. I kind of doubt that, but and know better than anyone, know better than anyone what they need to learn and to thrive. I want you to right. tell me what has happened over the past right. 50 years. How many are thriving? Tell right. me. Right. Tell Did me. I actually know? what? Did you guys know that the guy who actually made standardized testing told like school systems to not do this because it does not work? Really? Yeah. That's a good little tidbit. Yeah, that I'm is a great find tidbit. his name. For real. <laughs> we I actually um we lived when we first moved here, lived next to a couple um who were from India. Yeah. And uh they were both in the medical field. And 
she had young kids and we were, you know, out with the kids one day and she was telling me that she came here when she was in 10th grade and started in the public school system. And she said that when, by the time she got to college is what she was learning in India when she was in 10th grade, they came over like when she was in 10th grade and what she started learning in college here is what she was learning when she came over and she was in 10th grade. And I'm just like staring at her. Like, (laughs) I mean, of course I get it because I believe you. (laughs) Right. But it's, and you know, the new England primer, you know, like I've used that as an example to people. I was like, we don't realize how smart kids were a couple hundred years ago compared to what we're teaching them today. Yeah. We're, we're lucky if they can say their ABCs by the time they're in second grade back then they, what they were doing multiplication in, right. in like first grade. Right. And you know, it's just outrageous it's, stuff. Yeah, night and day. Yeah. For sure. Night, it's crazy, but go ahead. More, no, go, go for it. I was just going to um, say like when you talk about standardized testing, mm-hmm. it really is a dumbing down of, Amer- uh, of kids and Americans. Yeah. And I was just talking and then we can maybe get into this in a little while, but I was talking to somebody today, Sue Trombino with yeah. um, women impacting the nation. Check her out. Yep. Women impacting the nation. Amazing. Um, and we were talking about, she was just so frustrated, you know, the elections and about, and she asked me yeah. what my thoughts were. And I was like, well, of course I'm frustrated, but I don't work any harder now than when we had Trump in office. I put my head down and I do the same because whether we have a Republican in office or a Democrat, evil still exists. And the gospel needs to be spread and the knowledge of our liberties and where they come from need to be spread, no matter who's in office. And I said what it did, um, and I had kind of felt this burning in my heart, burden, whatever, um, for a few weeks now or a month, um, planning our 2023 year and really looking what our focus is. And I just felt this like burden and prayer to get back to our main focus of reaching the youth, which is what we started. And we still do that. Obviously the main of our events are not main, a good portion of our events are youth based events, but the um, just this past week, just really feeling this burden and prayer that somebody has to stand in the gap for these kids who are being raised up by the NEA and these teachers. And I can't wait till the school gets it right or the NEA gets it right, because that's why we're here in this spot. And I just feel like for so long, the I I don't want to point fingers because there's always somebody to blame. I'm just saying this so we can all wake up and take a a reflective look (laughs) on our involvement in how to preserve freedom that the Republicans and the conservatives have not grasped the concept that we have to like a good portion of our funds, campaign funds should be going to how do we get the youth reached and involved and educated. Right. And so, and we've just, we, we don't do that well as conservatives. And so like, I just, for 2023 really want to focus our efforts on reaching the youth. So if you know of a school or a co-op or a youth group, I'm like, I'm, I told her I'm willing to go anywhere where kids are because just because we can't get into public schools, well, kids are, I mean, they have other things that they do where we can reach them. And so I just, I I don't know. I just, all that to say these, the NEA that it doesn't, I mean, yes, this is horrible. We're going to call it out, but what is our action of plan of action after that? Because the school district is not going to get, it right in exactly. teaching liberty they're just not no because government dollars right right and which goes to the political agenda portion and and you've got these teachers unions that 
I don't want to get into the whole Marxist idea, yeah. right? Because it's it's kind of an easy the conservatives, you know, it's almost like Godwin's law, like Hitler comes up at some point. For conservatives, Marxism comes up yeah. at some point. Now, it, it definitely had its tentacles and influence in the teachers' unions, right? You look at the red fist that's yeah. everywhere. But more importantly, it's so connected into government and the dollars flow back and forth. And if people are like, oh, no, no, teachers' unions are all about education. Let me ask you this. How many dollars from the teachers' unions have gone to conservative candidates in the past 40, 50, 60 years? I'll wait. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> yeah. Tweet, tweet. Right? Now, how many dollars have gone to Democrat candidates? Unions, public unions, are a central pillar of the political process. Even this last uh, uh, primaries, mm -hmm. we were talking to a candidate, and the person they were running against had the support of several public unions, which meant those unions were out canvassing for that candidate. They were they were mm. donating to that campaign. They were doing vote drives right. for that campaign. Like it's a political machine. Right. And you can't tell me that the teachers unions are not a political machine. Right. If you want me to take you seriously, get out of the political process. But you won't. Right. It's too important for you because control and that connection between them and government is not healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 this is where you know, people, oh, we need teachers unions. How often do they actually represent the conservative who's standing against the system? Right. Like, and that's where it gets into what you were talking about of like, there are those good teachers who just don't feel they can stand up and, or they try to stand up and they get crushed by the mm -hmm. system. And it's really sad because you, you get this teacher who doesn't like what's going on. They're trying to stand up. They get crushed by administration. Mm -hmm. The teachers union turns their backs because they're not going right. to defend that because that's a crazy conservative. And so these teachers end up hopping system to system or forced or to retire early yeah. or submit. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you there are like a number of stories though of teachers who have stood and won. Yeah. I mean, it's a long drawn out battle. It's a and fight. then if you if you wanna if you are gonna stand up, you have to be prepared for a long fight. Mm -hmm. But they do win because the truth and law, real law, is on their side. But I was going to ask you to explain, so like for the average person who doesn't know what the teachers union does, like what right. do they actually do? Good question. Um, they waste time. <laughs> and money. And money. There you go, done. <laughs> I'm going to get so much hate. <laughs> I have family members who are teachers union. I don't care. I don't agree with it. Anyways. Give me their number. I'll send them this Yeah, podcast. yeah, exactly. Hey, check this out. <laughs> You're Let's go mind. figure probably be the first one to <laughs> first one they ever watch. Um, so the teachers union, so what the unions are supposed to do, the idea behind it is collective bargaining. It's so the unions, that whole idea got started of the workers will come together. They'll have more strength to, to, negotiate and and fight with management ownership mm -hmm. right we don't think you're paying us enough the conditions are horrible we'll go on strike if you don't work this out with us so it, it was a move to influence the atmosphere right of course unions made it into the public sector and i firmly disagree with public unions now 
people will say, well, they support the teacher if there's yeah. a fight between administration and the teacher, or, you know, the, the school district and the teacher, right? Question is how often that represent, representation is balanced. Um, but what I don't like is a teacher's union will go in to negotiate a contract with the government. They're, it's not adversarial. And here's why. Because that government official knows they want the backing of the teachers union because then they get a whole lot of support, money, and, and movement. If they try to stand against the teachers union, all of a sudden the teachers union will remember that, say, well, we're in the political process, we're coming against you. The taxpayer is the one who's watching the whole fight over his own dollar. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and that's what frustrates me is the taxpayer doesn't really have a voice in that whole thing. People, right. Even though we're literally the ones paying for all of it. Right. You know, and it's it's frustrating to watch because teachers unions, public unions have so much power and influence. Mm -hmm. And what do we see? The kid left behind. Right. You know, the the when we watched COVID and we watched these teachers unions fighting to keep schools closed fighting for distance learning, mm -hmm. right? Fighting to keep masks on the kids and keep the kids in little cages around their desks when they finally did come back and all of that. Like, are you actually for my kid? Right. Or for your movement? Right. You know, just... So does all, do all teachers have to be a part of the union? That I can't answer definitively. I don't believe so. Okay. But to. and I think it may it may go different from district to district, yeah. Um, because I know there are some cases where dues are automatically taken out of their paycheck, paycheck yeah. right? Which is totally crazy to me. So but. the NEA, okay. So I'm just maybe should have I should have <laughs> thanks, thanks for put me on the spot. <laughs> I should have looked this up before, but I didn't even <laughs> think about it. So the NEA is funded by teachers paying a fee. Yes, they they pay dues. They so, pay dues. Yep. They're not funded by any, I mean, they probably are funded by some public money. Yes. So, well, yeah. Yeah. There's it. So, money, I think, comes in from different avenues, but the big majority of it is the teachers' right, paychecks okay. portion is pulled out. Uh, but the, the union goes to negotiate contracts for the teachers. And that's where that gets messy, is all of a sudden, this whole contract process is two people fighting over your dollar. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm just in the natural logical thinking. Right. Teachers still don't get paid that much. No. So what is the point <laughs> of the, the NEA? Like to negotiate a crappy pay? Yeah. Like, yeah. Good for sign you. Sign me up. Where do I sign? Where do I send my dues? <laughs> like what? That's, that's I mean, because we have point. a friend who's an electrician <laughs> and there he's in a union, but yeah. they get paid bank. Yeah. So uh, I'm uh, wondering what, what this union is useful for. That's a really good question because they're, especially like construction unions and yeah. all of that, they, they, they make, pull in better back, yeah. you know? Um, and that's a good question because well, America spends something like we're like number four in the developed world in dollars spent per student. We're at best middle of the pack in yeah. terms of outcome test like, scores yeah. and yeah. And results. Right. Um, and our teachers are still saying how poorly they're paid. The math doesn't make sense then. If we're spending more money than most countries yeah. in the world, we're getting 
middle of the road results at best. At best, yeah. And the teachers are still saying they're not getting paid well enough. What is it exactly that you do here, teachers <laughs> union? What do you do? But what do you do? Yeah. No, that's a great point. And it kind of leads me to the th- thought of even I was just thinking about that quote, right? They know the educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and thrive, right? So you have, um, and I see this on TikTok all the time. I watch TikTok. I do. Um, where teachers plug. <laughs> are um, leaving the field yeah. in mass quantities and complaining about how hard it is to teach kids nowadays. But you have the NEA basically saying to get rid of the parents' involvement. Yes. So what do you expect is going to happen? You're going to have a bunch of kids who are not raised at home because you're saying you know better. Right. So, I mean, because you and I briefly were talking about this, like this rise of ADD and ADHD and like... I don't even know where to go, but it just to me connects because you have a system basically saying we know better. And that same system is saying these kids are being harder and harder to teach. But you basically wanted to take them over. So take them over. (laughs) Would you raise them already? (laughs) That's what you want. You know better. Right. Because like going back to the experts, like I think ADD and ADHD came out like when we were in school in the Mm nineties, late nineties and you know, mid nineties. And like, and I was talking about this with Massey. We have more, everyone goes to therapy now. We have more drugs for mental illness. We have more counselors, more people, psychologists, more systems and things set in place to serve mental illness and help people walk through it. And it's worse than it's ever been. Yeah. So, and kids, and I was looking this up, and it, I think the number, I mean, there's different numbers you can always get, but it's in like 6.5 million kids in America from 4 to 17 are diagnosed with ADD, ADHD. Right. And like this kind of hits close to home because of what we just experienced in, with somebody t- saying that our oldest, Isaiah, they're like, he has ADD, he has ADHD. He, and like, she's like, you know, I don't want to say too much because if she watches a clip and I'll have to tell Lily not to put this clip out, but, um, (laughs) and she was just kind of going off about how our oldest Isaiah is ADD. He does this and it was, and he's not going to be able to hold down a job and he's going to be just like this person who can't thrive and function in life. And like, so I'm like, okay, what happened? What did he do? And she's like listing all this stuff off. And I'm like, so he's a 14 year old boy. Like, and so that's like all this brain at this point, right? (laughs) 6.5 million, all this diagnosis of all this stuff, like 90% of it. So they're kids. Yeah. And they're not getting love and discipline at home. Right. You know what I mean? And again, it's the experts are wrong. Yeah. And I'm going to say it on this ADD thing. They are wrong. And, and they double down and, and like you're pointing out the, I think what frustrates me the most is sorry. It goes back to go standardized testing does not work. Right. And when it does not work, they have to have something to blame. Yes. So we're going to blame ADD and ADHD because your kids can't sit six hours in a desk with a half hour recess and a half hour lunch I, and learn like that. And, and fun facts, boys <laughs> get ADHD more than girls oh, go figure. because they're boys. <laughs> hey, I have three boys, so I know. Just little interview question. 
what is it like to be the mother of a boy when he's five years old? It's like a constant WWE ninja war party <laughs> that you have to keep alive <laughs> with lots of bodily functions being talked about. <laughs> Butts and poops and farts. Constant. Yes. In my house, it is, what is it? Toot, toot, butt, butt. <laughs> right. Butt, butt, toot, toot. Right. All the time. Well, and that's like 24 7. Your, your son, right? <laughs> yes. I could easily see somebody looking at him. Oh, a teacher, like he's ADD. He's oh, yeah. ADHD. And it's like, no, the kid has like, he's an ex extreme extrovert yeah. and he has lots of energy because boys that age do. And well, that's what I'm like, I, with this situation that I was talking about with our oldest, I'm like, I refuse to label my kid. Right. And let you label my kid. Now, am I saying that like ADHD doesn't exist? I'm not necessarily saying that. But it's funny that like when our parents were younger, it wasn't really a thing. No. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't learning disabilities. I mean, we have a friend whose son has, you know, a clear dyslexic thing. And he actually um, prayed and um he had a dream that God was going to heal him. And the next day he woke up and he could read. Whoa, it was amazing. That's cool. Yeah. So, but, um, so I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. It's yeah. to me, it's the over overreaching labeling of the system. Right. And it, it damages our kids. And, and before people go, Oh, well it's, it's all the stuff they intake. My kid does not eat a bunch of sugar. It's, it's actually pretty rare that he has sugar. My kid doesn't watch a whole lot of TV. He doesn't play video games. He is just at 11 all the time. Yeah. He's 24 seven. And you're absolutely right. Like Melissa and I have talked about that. If we put him in school, I was telling her this within the first week, we'd be getting a phone call. Yeah. We think that maybe Isaac is yeah. ADD. Right. No, he's a five-year-old. <laughs> right. Like, and, and you think about it, putting these boys in this system, where they are sitting at a desk, like you said, for what, six hours a day mm -hmm. with a half hour recess here and a half hour there and maybe 45 minutes for lunch. Yeah. And you want him to learn. Right. Now he'll learn your facts or whatever, and you can shove them down his throat. But all he's learning really yeah. is school socks. Right. And what I love about homeschool is my kid will learn the same amount in two hours. Mm -hmm that he'd have to go all day to that building for right, right. And, and he can get it done. He's done what he needed to do. Head on out. Well, and learn that's the thing too, way. is like, um, Massey's calling me. Everyone wants to say hi to Massey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, you know, when we were talking about every kid learns different, I, we had a homeschool, like when we were in this group and everyone was homeschooling, a lot of the moms, I had, didn't have kids yet, but a lot of the moms were just starting out in homeschooling and the one, veteran homeschooling mom yeah. um that we were friends with i think she had like eight kids and um seven or eight kids and homeschooled them all and and that's what she emphasized that every kid learns differently right and she said that one of her friends was super worried about one of their sons that just was very like lethargic almost didn't show much emotion didn't show much passion about like any learning thing and and um, she said that something like the Lord spoke to her, just like leave it in my hands and continue to do what he, and he actually ended up getting a job at the Pentagon Whoa. where he needed, they needed somebody with a stable um, emotions that didn't show like that wow. could function 
in a, in a very high stress environment, yeah. but remain stable. And that was his personality. And what would worry maybe, you know, a, a teacher, a public school teacher, or was his personality and what God, God had called him to do. Right. And so I think about like Isaac, like, or, you know, Isaiah, like what one says is a problem is part of their calling, yes. you know, and who they're called to be. And I, I mean, it's just, to me, it's so, it's so obvious. And I just, it's like, you want to shake parents. <laughs> like, why can't you see this? It's so yeah. obvious. Nothing is wrong with your kid. Right. Your kid is something's just... wrong with the system. And, and that's, that's really kind of our capper on this is the teachers union comes out and, and I laid my, my yeah. opinions on teachers union, but the teacher union comes out and they say, we know your kids better than you do. That's really what they said right. at that. Cause we know them better than anybody. We know what's best for them better than anybody. They don't. And here's why, because a teacher has a classroom of 20, 25, 30 students and has to get them all through that lesson right. and prepare them for the standardized test to turn in the grades. So administration yeah. won't try to fire them or move them around somewhere, which the teachers union will just protect them anyways. That teacher does not care about your kid. Mm -hmm. They do, but they don't. Right. At the end of the day, what, they, what they're actually focused on is, can I get this kid to pass this test and get the grade so then we can get the standardized testing to get right. the funding that we need for the classroom. Right. It's a perverse incentive. They don't know your kid better than you do because mm -hmm. if you are teaching your kid and you're watching your kid struggling, there's something in you that breaks of like, I need to figure out how to help my kid yeah. succeed. Right. And the Lord is so good to help you connect. Ah, I see what's going on my kid needs to be moving while we're talking about this. Yeah. Right. And Melissa said he does so well when he's swinging. If he's swinging, he, he can like, yeah, learn. Yeah. yeah. He'll do all of it. Right. If he just has to be moving now in a classroom setting. Yeah. If he hops out of his desk, get down, yeah. sit down, yeah. be quiet. You know? Yeah. Well, they don't know. Right. No. And I mean that, it, again, it goes back to like, I think the, when you talk about the NEA and the government, uh, agenda is basically it is forcing these teachers where they can't care about the kids right because i mean i we again we grew up in the 90s in public school we had a lot of teachers that actually did care about us as kids um but when you put in a system where it matters to get them through mm -hmm. you have to get them through you have to pass a standardized test like you are forcing that teacher to put something before the priority of right. each individual kid. And that's what gives us school systems like Baltimore when they were having high school graduating classes that had 0% uh, proficiency in yeah. like English yeah, and math. Something failed here. Yeah. And it wasn't the kid. And that's like the <laughs> basic. Like no. if you, if you, if you can read, you can do anything. Right. You can read and do math. Like those are, should be the basics. Like, Jordan Peterson even says, like, the, if you can, what is, something to the effect of if you can read, write, and talk mm -hmm. well, you're dangerous. You can do anything. Right. Right. It's so simple. It very much is. And that's what, and that's the other thing. One of the reasons we, um, one of the main reasons, obviously, our travel schedule, but one of the main reasons we, we had our kids at a private school that we loved. Yeah. But the amount of time that they have to fill up in a day because they're there. 
they have to they, they got to do something so much useless information yeah. like useless and um we just actually had um i had our boys i said find a place um in the world that you want to visit and do research on it and so they all picked a place and um so i wrote out these questions and then they like um you know took look pick looked up pictures got the population where was it and then they had them look up how much tickets are in hotels and they're like i nice. love this project because it's like it's real life application instead right. of when my oldest was in sixth grade the last time he was in a school setting they were writing uh bible verses ch in chinese on popsicle sticks and i was like yeah we're done <laughs> we'd be done <laughs> like how do you say that in chinese right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what i love about the project and and this is something that people can take away with from this is your project didn't stop at Tell me about the country. Yeah. Your project continued of how would you get there? Right. How would you travel? Who would you bring? Yeah. Who, like, yeah. Right. Like that's real world application because yeah. these kids are getting out of high school and they have no idea. How to live. How to, right. How to pay a bill, how to right. book an airplane. I mean, they don't even know? do uh, home economics anymore. Oh, like, heck no. uh, what, what, wait, was that home? Where, what was the class that you sewed and learned how to cook? Home ec. Yeah. Home yeah. Ec. Like they don't. They don't no. even do that. No. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Although, fun facts, I had my mom sew my shorts in home economics for me. Did you have to sew in home economics? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we had to sew a pair of shorts and my mom sewed them for me <laughs> because I was, I was out. <laughs> mom, do my homework for me. <laughs> yeah. I Well, I was a scout, so we had to learn sewing and scouting. So, so you already knew? Yeah. Oh, I, cheater. I was nerd. <laughs> It's, all my friends nerd. quit so i quit too nerd you know what's so funny about that bringing up my parents is yeah. uh this might be a time for a different show what are we at we're at like 44 minutes um but i watched i tried go tried to go back and find the video it was a tiktok it was a guy complaining um he's walking and he's filming himself and he's complaining about how uh this generation has it so much harder than the boomers and he's like, I, you know, I talk to my grandparents and I tell them what I'm struggling with, you know, financially, you can't buy a house. And his response is work harder. And he just goes off. And that's yeah. the only response of the boomers is to work harder. And then he just goes off and how much harder he has it. And I was just so livid in that. I, d I just went off on Massey, not like yeah. about this Start video. beating him. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just went off because it, and I tried to find it, um, that particular video last yeah. night and found all these other videos saying the exact same thing and i'm gonna make a video on our tiktok page Do like it. you can't talk about and blame and mock the boomer generation unless you're willing to live like the boomer generation Ooh. which was not going out to eat they didn't buy five dollar coffees they weren't wearing nike and under armor my mom sold all my dad's clothes when he first when they first got married like live like right. them Right. And then come talk to us. Like I was just, which I don't even know how I segued into there because we're talking about the school system. I but like it. Go after about my, growing up in that yeah. time era, and even the schooling system at that. I mean, my parents grew up praying in school and saying the pledge of allegiance, and like they had the Ten Commandments posted on the walls. Like, right? I don't know. It's just that's another show. And I think we should do a show on that. And along with that other show. There, there is a responsibility of the parents in the household that is not being right, met. and that right. was understood right way back, you know, and and, and that's 
So for, for all the firepower against the teachers unions tonight, at the same time, like you're saying, like the responsibility of the parents in the household, and I think especially right. parents today just started waking up during the whole COVID thing yeah. because we get complacent with the teachers unions who say, well, we're the experts. Let's uh, let right. us take care of it. Oh, okay. Here's right. my kid, you know, and, right. and the, the schools have become babysitters. Mm-hmm. The kids get home and parents aren't interacting with their kids like they're supposed to, or there are plenty of divorced right. household households and just, well, then that's what I was know. just going to say. If, 20 30 40 years ago the nea would have never been able to say that no because no. the parents the generation of raising kids has changed from what our parents grew up with like again you had parents who were like super involved super understood what discipline and love meant and i i mean i did a video on tiktok about this this lady shared she said you know my kid i just got out of teacher conference and my kid who's you know a monster at home is they said, you know, she's amazing at school. And it's like, it just got me thinking about how parents don't understand what true love and discipline. And I'm not saying we're perfect. We screwed up majorly, but I also will never regret teaching my kid what no meant. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what I think is less. So the reality that the NEA said this is because they believe they can because of what the parents are lacking. That's a great point. And I, I, unless you have anything no, else, I, I think that's, that's a, yeah <laughs> no don't <laughs> no all right so guys um if you are part of a teacher's union go ahead and send your hate mail to easy at gmail.com uh let him know how you feel this is all his opinions we're just spouting what he thinks and believes no that's fine i'm glad you actually listened to me yeah i'm here for you no that's fine if you got a differing opinion go ahead let it loose on the comments uh why not sure i really don't yeah, care do it let's do go. it whatever anyways check us out we will be back on monday morning we should have massey back right not for monday no. he's flying back monday all right so you will be back with the easy and mike show guest host mike with the man easy little nap e dizzle honestly out of all days i would be a little nap today yeah i think all three of us were like I want a nap. Yeah. Little nap. For real. Big nap. Let's go. All right. So we're going to go nap. Guys, you have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for Carrie for stealing the spotlight. I so it's always great to get outshined, see the numbers grow when she shows up. Whatever. You know, grace us with your presence. <laughs> she does all the work. Yeah. Just... <laughs> it's just somebody's got to be the face of everything. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great day. Love y'all.